Life is art. Life is art. What will you put on your canvas? What's going on? I wanted to really talk to you about something I've been thinking about. Something that is kind of an un-talked about or unthought about kind of kind of concept. I mean, we think about it, but it's a very, very personal thing. And that is attachment. So I'm starting to Do something, for example. With a bit of a pattern. I'm starting to understand a few times of day that are okay to make different types of recordings or especially like podcasting in the morning um, has become very, very practical. And so kind of early in the morning-ish. Um, so we'll start with the basics and see where this takes us here. I am having a glass of water for once. Um, been working on that. And I'll tell you why. Um, that's actually part of attachment. But it became very natural and very apparent to me as I was making my drink for the show here. Um, so I guess we'll start with that. Why not? Um, so <clears throat> what ended up happening 
is I went to make, it's like a, it's a non-alcoholic pina colada mix drink that I had yesterday that I have at times. We've had these drinks, uh, or we've had these uh, little packets. Here we go. Okay, sorry. I'm getting used to this new mic volume here. Um, these mic packets, we've had these mic packets. <laughs> these um, these uh, Kool-Aid packets here. And um, so what happened was I went to pour and put the mix in, but because we've had these for so long, they have been closed and sealed and safe, and I can drink most of them. But this one would not come out of the packet. So it might be getting a little bit time to consider throwing them out and getting um, maybe something else, some, some kind of quick, um, like a peppermint tea would be good or instant coffee without the sugar, but something to kind of like wake up real early with. Um, that's a little bit quick and because it, it would not come out and so I went and I poured the water and it kind of surprised me that I took a sip and this was a drink so as I literally took the sip um, when the podcast was starting and all that kind of stuff, um, I noticed it was water, and I actually didn't get upset like I normally would, I think there's something to be said about talking about how far maybe, like I like hearing from other people how far they've come, um, and, and how they got there, though, and how, how far they've come out of necessity, because something like this would have normally upset me. Um, taking a drink, and, and that's kind of normal, right? Like, oh, I expected one thing, and it turned out to be a different drink, and, and I'm sure we've all been there. <laughs> oh, you expect, like, you, you poured, you make something too much, or you poured something, or whatever it is. Maybe you made your coffee too strong, too weak, um, that kind of thing. Maybe you take a sip, and it's already gone, and you're like, what? But, like, this week, for instance, you know, I had a few sodas. And so I've come to this detachment um, or this realization of attaching to sugars. But then what happens is when you have these little attachments coming on, you have these, um, when you're starting to really, like, think about the health of your body, the health of your food intake and all these things, you start becoming more mindful of that. It gets to where you become attached. So, for instance, when I had these sodas and things like that, I became attached to trying really hard not to, and it resulted in having them anyway because I became attached to no soda, no nothing at all. And... I actually slept really, really good last night, and what happened was we had, um, 
we had soda, but it was like while we were swimming and kind of earlier in the evening. Um, and so what I started to realize is that you don't have to absolutely have to cut these things out, but having more water in the morning and having less soda late at night and then maybe maybe even dropping the coffee a little bit earlier um like late afternoon is still fine and then when it gets to start to be early evening maybe cut it um that kind of thing and so What um, this starts as is just like things that you're working on with yourself. And so there's a couple of different things to go over here with attachment because I think that some atta some attachments, you know, I don't, think that we should demonize attachments. It just really depends because we're always going to have attachments. You know, you could say I have an attachment to coffee. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I drink it all the time on the show. Um, you know, I mean, I even talk about it when I'm not drinking it. So, yeah. Um, I love my coffee, obviously. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And, you know, um, I am not one of those people that are going to do podcast episodes or YouTube videos talking about how much, oh, I I quit caffeine and, you know, it's been a real struggle and, and these are what ha the things that happen, but, you know, this is what happens. And I just, I don't really want to. I don't really see um, why it's a problem. Like right now, I'm not exactly drinking it. I don't exactly wake right up and absolutely have to make it in order to start things or do things. Um, and I've started to see it as a little bit more of a relaxing reward after I have started things or done things. Um, not that those things are even a chore or even, even feel like work or anything, but um, at the same time, you know, it's uh, there's um I will do a history of coffee for fun I think because I love it so much and I'm sure if you if you've listened this far to me I'm sure you have some sort of similar liking for coffee if not love for coffee so I will uh I will definitely do an episode on how coffee was made and the history of it for kind of a fun episode and you'll see sort of my sentimental value that I place on it. It's kind of ridiculous, but, you know. Um, with, when trying to become detached, I think when trying too hard, it can be really crazy. So I'm just sort of talking right now about the, you know, yourself and 
and the uh, sort of different different ways that we become attached to things. So, one of the attachments that I used to have that is, uh, I think, another example of this is that you can do is kind of because these are really deep I think these go really deep I don't really I don't really think that it would warrant the same sort of dedication if I tried to throw because I know a lot of like videos and podcasts and stuff will throw in like people as attachments I think that actually would be worth a separate episode to do um, on the different sort of ways in which we communicate, especially nowadays, and how it kind of comes together. So I will be doing kind of a separate episode eventually um, on that a little more, maybe on a, maybe even a different word than attachment, but It'll be some kind of, you know, um, because I think this happens a lot with, like, um, I've been kind of attached to my email lately because I was expecting to hear from a couple of people in, um, in the past. And I, I really appreciate when somebody is nice about taking their time to get back. But, um, the one attachment that I'll talk you through here that I let go of is my method for journaling and so I I didn't demonize journaling as a thing that I wanted to let go of completely what I did was I seen and observed the different ways in which I was writing and I've done I've done this in the past a little bit but just a little bit kind of like not wanting to do it as much um, and there's different variables that go into this um, when you get to collaborate with people and stuff like that on different creative things um, that you won't normally get. And so it makes you look at yourself a lot more. And that's a huge advantage. Um, and so coming to terms with the way I was journaling and the way I was expressing my emotions in my writing... Um, is very, very key because I think in some ways there's a space that you can have that you should be able to express and, you know, be able to put yourself out there and not judge yourself and, and that kind of thing. And that is um, really important to do. But the um to to journal more and include journaling which i didn't even know i was doing this but to uh, to change my method kind of realizing that a lot of it was i would only journal during the times like on bad days or something because 
some of the stuff I think people like society sort of like unknowingly I think in the past has taught that it's not even necessarily when you have a bad day but when you have a conflict dear diary this happened today etc you get the point and it wasn't so much dear diary but you know like kind of poetry style um that kind of thing and so what happened is I realized how I would look back at it and I'm, I'm like what the fuck did I write why would I write that that kind of thing um and you know I didn't have anybody criticizing me saying that my writing was wrong or anything so you know don't get it like that it's more like There's different ideas around if you're going to write or create or do anything, do you really only want to do it in a certain set of circumstances when you have a bad day or a conflict? Because what is that teaching the mind? That's teaching the mind to be attached to conflicts. And so what I've had to learn over the last, I would say, six months, eh, three to six months, or so is that when you express yourself you have to put a lot of thought into why and into how and into you have to kind of detach from your feelings and if you're expressing emotions conflicts, feelings, thoughts that are, you know, you can go into, um, you can kind of like do other things and, and not judge yourself. But if you're always expressing things only during those times and you're never expressing things during times where you're free of conflict, then you're going to see journaling as Well, some sort of attachment that you cling to only when things are complicated. And so, this is um, a way in which we can think about it. Because... Journaling, I realized after kind of like noticing this, I thought, you know, I don't even want to do this if I'm only doing it those reasons and so what I what I had to do is I had to do a lot of like meditation deep breathing uh, meditation even just meaning sitting down and really thinking things through a little bit and what I come to find is that letting go of this journaling only during a certain set of circumstances, clinging to um, this space 
as the only space, um, you know, of like negative space being the only space. What I've realized is that there is, that I wasn't including my practice of journaling in other areas of life. And so even detaching from emotions is kind of key. And I tell you this because this could be anything else. And Even when it comes to um, swimming, for instance, that's another one. You only swim when you're fully awake. That's becoming attached to a space of high energy. And this stems from an attachment to kind of being competitive and even if I was the only one in the pool, being competitive and being um, very athletic, which I love. But what I've found over the past few months is that that is another space to practice um, just being by yourself sometimes when there are different times of the day you can go in the pool um, instead of being attached to a certain room or a certain um, spot that I would normally sit on the couch because sometimes on weekends or with casual dinners we'll have our dinners like on the couch um, as a family just to be comfortable which is really really accepting and really cool um, you know, and so I, you know, I have like certain spots, obviously, and I'm sure you do too in your home that you're used to having. And so what ends up happening is that with swimming, it became this certain set of circumstances. I'm only going to swim um, if my emotions are optimized for high energy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was like anti-raft um, anti or anti-you um, know those rafts you put in the pool and stuff. I was becoming like anti-all that. And part of that is like health and wanting to get into shape and all that kind of stuff. But the other part of it is being a, being attached to this high energy. When what I've had to realize is how helpful swimming is 
especially when you are wanting that space, not only to yourself, but to relax. And so even when others join you in the pool or even when you go together, it gets to the point where you take the time to catch your breath and you relax in the pool. And now I'm all about it. Um, I will have my times where I'm swimming and kind of like burning off energy. And then I will definitely have my times where I'm laying back on one of the um, pool hammocks, which is essentially a raft um, for the pool, a raft with like a little net in the middle um, so that the sides go up and you're, you're floating. Um, and it's like a flat hammock sort of, sort of thing. And you just float. Um, and I've also taught myself how to do exercises on there, um, crunches and stuff. So that's another way of, and I, I would have never known that had I not detached from swimming, from, from the, the optimal, op, optimal, um, high energy emotions that you had to feel. Now, how do you do this? How do you start detaching from certain emotional states so that you're not disappointed if these emotional states don't show up or you're not almost making yourself feel like, well, I want to create and I can only create with this certain emotion. Um, well, you can um, do this by... really thinking about different reasons for things and not to criticize. Um, we're going to talk about decision-making in a second, too, and why that has to do with attachment and embracing your own sort of, um, sort of way of kind of getting past your decisions and, and realizing the good that came out of different decisions. So, but anyway, so how you attach and detach um, as needed kind of thing. Because what it really is, is you notice, you know, I only do this when this happens. Start to do that. Start to, to talk to yourself, start to think to yourself, I only do this when this happens. Why do I do this when this happens? Do I, do I enjoy it or am I doing it to be, to try to see if I can get into a different state of emotions as quickly as possible? So, how does this lead to decisions? What does this have to do with decisions? Well, there has been an attachment I've had, which there's a good value to this. 
don't get me wrong, especially if you need it and you're, you know, you have to survive. There's a very high value in this, but being attached to independence um, has led me to this, and I pulled myself out of it um, by realizing that, you know, regret can cost. And so the other day in a previous episode, I talked to you about the judgments and being judged and how the, you know, getting rid of the job too quickly. I didn't necessarily say I was wrong for getting rid of the job, period. I said too quickly. Um, had been something that I had been judged for in the past. And so what I like to do on this show, I like to give you like a raw sort of awareness, awareness to things. A raw sort of awareness to the mind by stories and different things, maybe even maybe even a little bit of the self-talk from the judgments, because I don't ever want to make you think that I come from this perfect place. And... So the way that this goes is with leaving the job too soon and kind of noticing, you know, other other people's reaction. What I didn't see was society's um, survival kind of mode where we have to survive and things like that. What I also didn't recognize is the... Kind of, there's there's wants and then there's needs. So I wanted the job. I wanted money. I wanted the latest tech. And so you might have this when you go into something where you, 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 you go into it because of pressure and being around for a while and different things like that. And then you, because you gave in to that pressure, you explode, walk off the job, and that kind of thing. And there was, it was kind of a rushed thing where you go into something too quickly. And then you you realize that this wasn't really what you wanted. And this happens um, in a a lot of different instances. And, you know, because not everything, not every want is a need. And so, slowly over time, I kind of realized that there was a greater need to create over money um i i can't believe 
this phenomenon and it's really weird because it, it's a cool feeling to show up to something that you actually want to do that you're that you like to do um You know, and you can learn from mistakes. Like, I could say, could have been more prepared. All this kind of stuff. But there's a natural force that comes from understanding and separating your wants from your needs. And so, that had to lead me to detaching from independence and understanding that we are all interdependent, which means we all, in order to have this kind of, um, it's kind of a luxury, to be honest with you, that we can even do this, in order to work in the field of creativity and do what I, kind of the way I want to do things, the sacrifice is the lack of independence, the help needed kind of in life and and that kind of thing right now and into the acceptance that we're all contributing and helping each other and that this work is not and does not need to be paid work there's opportunities and things like that and after so long of maybe looking i I felt really good stopping looking. Um, and so I'm not going to say that I'm anti-money, because I'm not. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that there's an attachment that has to be gotten rid of and that kind of thing, because that's, that's just not true. Um, there's... Um, it's more like kind of opening the door so that it's there. Um, or maybe not even that. Maybe just unlocking. Like you can't fully open the door, but you can unlock the door. Because maybe it's you realize you're in a safe space to do so. And so that with this decision to understand why you don't have to regret things. Um, but maybe learn from things and a little healthy regret in order to act as a teacher for you is okay um, and is very realistic, actually. Um, but to not sit there and fully guilt, regret out of guilt, but to, you know, really learn instead and, and do it purposefully. And so that's um, that's why I gave up independent, like this full, this attitude of like, you have to be fully independent. Um, our community is very, very, very guilt trippy about this. Um, and this is because of the attachments that they have to this um, themselves. And I've had to really become aware of that because I've had it in my own self. Um, some of it can be 
um, you know, this can be very detrimental to um, different areas of life um, because you, if you're going to be fully independent, you're sacrificing something else. And maybe for you, that full independence is really worth it. And you had to detach from something else. And I'm not necessarily even knocking having a job, just a simple job. And I think that You know, because of different beliefs I had that are actually, I don't regret those beliefs um, of how a company should be ran, even though I'm not necessarily saying I would be the one to run it per se, but like having certain beliefs of how a company should be ran um, with inventory and just... um, the way that people are placed and the way that kind of what people are allowed to do within their own positions. Cause there were things I was starting to do. Um, like it was not feeding me. I would, I was about like, I was stepping on toes working there. Um, I was buying things, supplies for the job that like was not, it's not your place to buy. Like they don't like, employees stepping in and paying a dollar for a very basic supply to get a machine to run in order to provide work, Um, things like this. So if it were, for example, like another company, um, a round that was like a simple job or something, loading you know the job i had in alaska was excellent um and i had kind of ways of wanting to be kind of have have uh, more freedom and stuff but the um the job in alaska there were some very simple tasks and then you know it it was at least a little bit of a variety like uh like you would expect from anybody uh which is more important to me than just um going in and only allowed to, to do one one task. This uh, job in Alaska had multitasks, uh, or multiple tasks. Um, you couldn't really multitask, necessarily. <laughs> um, but And then you could interact with customers and people, um, which was really cool. And so, but I was still attached to independence, and so that wasn't gonna last. Um, and they knew it, and they were very, very cool and um, help me realize that about myself um, before I left, and, and it was really cool. Um, they were very supportive, and um, and they went out of their way to show employees different, um, different things to get rid of limitations and stuff. So um, I hope that, you know, somebody else could have taken that position in the job because what I've started to understand is that the past is the past and there's no permanence to this and in this creative work and in this um, 
creative spiritual work, kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know that I would be as spiritual today if I hadn't made um, work mistakes, like I just talked about. Relationship mistakes, for sure, especially um, where sometimes you're better off really good friends, uh, but then you get attached and you think there's more. And again, I'll do a separate episode because when I talk about relationships, I tend to go very, very deep. And right now, I'm, I wanted to include decision-making to kind of clarify from a previous episode some things um, and to really hit, hopefully hit home on attachment. Um, because there's not really a wrong thing. I mean, unless it's like addictions that are har- harmful and different things. There's not really a wrong attachment or a right attachment sometimes. But it's it's all about what works for you. It's not really based on morality. And um, that's the thing that's good to come to terms with. Um, is that it's all based on you and what works for you. And I don't have that answer. What I can tell you is to not be hard on yourself because we're all going to be attached to something. I'm attached to taking a sip every few minutes um, after speaking so long, I guess. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think that's a bad attachment because you gotta you got to have something to drink, so... So, that is, that is how you can kind of understand how this stuff can work. I'm glad I turned the microphone up because walking around here, um, multitasking, which I'm a bit attached to. Um, um, can be a um, can can kind of happen sometimes, and so that's another thing I think that we demonize. A little bit of multitasking when you're, um, because we're attached to this idea of peace. Um, and I know that's something that other podcasts are going into. Um, something that I hope to go into a little bit more. So I'm going to, I'm just putting some cubes some candle cubes in here. Um, If you ever heard of a wax warmer with the wax cubes, it's pretty cool. And I'd like to do that in the morning. And so, 
there you have it. Um, that is, uh, again, another example of a, an attachment. I could just take you through a day in my life with this podcast and, and just walk around. <laughs> and just start labeling things as attachments, good, bad, indifferent, realistic. and, and That would be kind of fun. I guess that's kind of what I'm doing already, right? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's crazy, though, what the things you realize when you become detached from concepts, ideas, and um, ideas about what success is. Uh, for some people, again, it's that full, full, um, on my own independence kind of thing. And that has led to the success of my relationship now with my husband. So, you know, I, I will always realize that um, experientially. But I think that these things come into fruition in life and ebb and flow and kind of show up um, when you need them. And so things are not permanent. So concepts change into other concepts as needed and maybe they're interchangeable sometimes but that is what tends to happen And so, to, um, to um, continue to understand this, I think um, the judgments are based on attachments, too, because a lot of judgments are the over-worrying, as we talked about, with certainty you're certain that this thing is worth worrying about and you're certain that it's not only worth worrying about but that there needs to be a moral foundation with your worry you know because I've never I'm not really got into full morality with this but that's really it is the morality of something you're worried that it's not fitting morals because those morals have kept you safe and you want others to be safe so makes sense maybe I don't know we'll see I'm really excited to release this episode though so that's pretty much it for now um I hope that you liked going into it in this way, um, kind of this random chaotic way that I like to, uh, to do things here, and um, really enjoy connecting with you, so let's definitely stay connected, and 
continue on.